to another episode of Too Many Men, episode 171. Eric and John again, because the guys are still in Florida. And from what I've heard, they're golfing, they're golfing, and then they're golfing some more down there. So, what? Having a grand old time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like I I said uh, a couple weeks ago, Tony's main goal was, quote, avoid the theme parks at all costs. But I'm actually going to start off with golf because shout out to Phil Mickelson, man's an ageless wonder, wins the PGA Championship at the age of 50, kind of lost at all of the Knicks playoff hype, all the hockey stuff that was going on. But Phil Mickelson, living legend, um, the man is unreal. First major in eight years. He sets the record for the oldest player to win a major. And now Phil, Phil Mickelson is once again back at the top of the golf world. It's great. And I'm happy. You know who's not happy? Julio Jones. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, we all knew like this, this kind of news was buzzing around, you know, since the NFL draft, but yesterday kind of really was the confirmation uh, if you want to, you know, get into that. Yeah. So let's talk about what happened with Julio Jones. Okay. So we reported on the last episode that he was unhappy. He wanted out of Atlanta and there were teams that were looking to trade him. Then Monday rolls around. Worth knowing we're recording this Tuesday at 1230. Monday rolls around. He gets a call. He calls on FS1's Undisputed, which, first of all, the fact that he even called is a miracle in and of itself. On the phone, Shannon Sharp asks him, do you want to play for the Dallas Cowboys? Loaded question, but okay. And Julio's like, nah, man, I'm gone. I'm gone from Atlanta. I'm out of there, he says. Like, very candid. I'm out of there. The confidence, he said when he said, I'm out of there. So they keep talking, and Skip's just like, see, see, he wants out. Because Skip thinks he's going to play for the Dallas Cowboys. And then Julio Jones with the mic drop of mic drops. I want to go to a place that I can win, you know. So, nah, I, I don't have any interest in going to the Dallas Cowboys. Mic drop right there. Woke up and chose violence, man. (laughs) Yeah. Julio's on a path of destruction. And the thing is, people are saying this on Twitter. They don't think that he knew he was live on TV. I'm inclined to agree. Just because Julio doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to air his dirty laundry on TV. He's so quiet, you know, traditionally, you know, like in the media. He doesn't talk that much, man. And so to see this, it's like, I don't know. A bit of a shock. So, uh, yeah, like, Undisputed uh, uh, is recorded in L.A., so there is the issue of two-party consent if uh, Julio did not, real- in fact, realize that he was being recorded. Because it really yeah. does look a little sketchy the way Shannon uh, says it. You remember, he's like kind of like, oh, well, thanks for talking, Julio. Uh, anyway, I got to go. You're on the air. Bye. <laughs> Leave it to him to say that while he's hanging up, Right? Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I was going to get to the whole thing about two-party consent. I actually saw a tweet from Urinating Tree was the first one to actually say something. And I was like, I never even thought of that. Like, that's kind of crazy. Now, what I would have done, again, I would have probably said something right away, like, Julio, you're on the air. And then this doesn't get so blown out of proportion that now Julio Jones is essentially a free agent and will go anywhere. Atlanta reportedly wants a first-round pick for him. I don't think they're getting it. Yeah, especially not after yesterday when he just kind of lowered his value 
by saying that, you know, that he got once out of there, by making it known that he, like, like has requested a trade, that kind of – I think I think his value is kind of stooped to a second, maybe a third. So the other thing is this. Julio Jones did not lower his value. He lowered the value Atlanta can get for him. Yeah, Julio is still a, a top receiver when he's healthy, okay? He's had injury issues for so long. He had a rough start to this year as well. Indeed. He's also 32 years old. I remember when he got drafted 10 yeah. years ago. I mean, like, uh, like you said, all that hype with DeAndre Hopkins, he's a perfect fit for the Arizona retirement home. I mean, Cardinals. The Arizona retirement home. Let's, let's have, you know, AJ Green and Julio Jones. Uh, yeah, you had to have one shot at Arizona while you were in there. The Cardinals right now at plus 850 on FanDuel to land Julio Jones. The current favorites are the New England Patriots and Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have also been rumored as a possibility, as well as the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up in New England or Tennessee. I think those are the two places. Oh, yeah, I, obviously I'm more – I hope he kind of goes to Tennessee over the other one, but I think that that Julio to New England, you know, connection, that's, there's been a lot of smoke there for a while now, so I could definitely see that. I know uh, he himself was saying some, uh, something about Cam recently, saying that he still likes Cam. He thinks that he could, uh, you know, kind of work himself back into the player he once was. So, I don't know, fingers crossed Tennessee. <laughs> That is, that is true. He did say that about Cam Newton, but the other thing we have to realize is will Cam Newton be the starting quarterback by the time, you know, he gets there? Or is Mac Jones starting from day one? We don't know. I think it's going to be Cam Newton, and I think Mac Jones takes over earlier in the year. I do think he ends up in New England. I'd be shocked if he ends up in Atlanta for another year, but as much as it pains me to say this, if the Packers want to make Aaron Rodgers happy, that's the way to make Aaron Rodgers happy. True. I mean, like, well, like, yeah, like, like you said, the capital is probably down to, a, like, Atlanta's kind of, you know, the value's only fallen to a second rounder, so the, you know, Green Bay could totally definitely afford that. And, you know, if you have to start appeasing him, getting the skill position players that he wants, I mean, the, the Packers don't really have a weakness, so to speak, now on that roster. They were in the NFC Championship game two years in a row. Yeah. And, of course, they went cornerback in this year's draft because they are scarred from Kevin King getting torched by Scotty Miller in that NFC Championship game. Other wide receivers that have been traded over the past couple of years and their values. DeAndre Hopkins did not get a first. He got a second-round pick and David Johnson. That's, I feel like that should be the exception, not the rule. We have to, we have to distinguish that. that. That is a Bill O'Brien trade. Is there, that's are, a, are we racking like it up? Are we racking that up to Bill O'Brien? Is is that what we're we're going with? I think I think you got to look at Diggs and Odell Beckham and like other you know star receivers who've been traded and like look at what they've got and then because like, they've all, they've had at least netted firsts and and some with those contracts. I mean, Andre Hopkins, like it's it's that's still absurd. Not seeing that return that to this day, but they got. Yo. The Odell Beckham, I was just going to get to him. He was traded on March 13, 2019 from the New York Giants to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for a 2019 first-round pick, a 17th overall, which became Dexter Lawrence, a 2019 third overall, which became Oshani Zemines, and Jabril Peppers. I think that's the, I mean, that's the quintessential piece you're getting, like something of that caliber and something of that value. 
And Odell's another one who's had trouble staying healthy as well. Yes, that, that is very true, especially with the that season of the injury he had last year. You know, a lot of people were questioning, you know, his even value to Cleveland, whether they would, you know, consider trading him, when, like, going into this offseason because, you know, they were able to, you know, make it so far without him. But I think they're going to definitely hold on to him. After all, they spent all that much capital to get him two years ago, and they would have to be paying him regardless. So, Another big wide receiver trade, one of the blockbusters of the past. The, the then Oakland Raiders traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys. They got a first-round pick back, and they used that pick on Jonathan Abram. And Cooper has provided dividends for Dallas. Oh, yeah. He, he really unlocked Dak as a quarterback, I think. Like, you know, Dak was kind of looked at as just like a game manager. And ever since, you know, that his first rookie season. And once he got Cooper, he's kind of really turned it on since then. You look at other wide receivers around the league, you know, a lot of homegrown talent, you know, a lot of wide receivers don't really go places. They're really stuck with their team for a really long time. They either leave in free agency or they sign long-term extensions. So Julio Jones, I'm very interested to see what the return is going to be. I don't think he's going to get the value of Odell, Amari, and people like that. I think it's going to be somewhere like a second-ish. Yeah, you're saying let me ask you this. You think just because New England's the betting favorites, yes, Julio wants to go to a winning team. Does Atlanta, you know, go at the whim of where Julio wants to go, or do they just take the best package and maybe it's some dark horse team comes out of the blue? I only say that because this kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs, like for you guys a couple of like years ago, because everyone knew that he kind of was un- unhappy there and that he wanted out, you know, at a certain point that year. I mean, although, like, people were kind of, you know, waving it off, saying, oh, they're going to make it work. And then he just was traded to Buffalo out of nowhere. You think there's, like, a team like Buffalo, you know, a young quarterback who needs, like, a number one like that who – like, maybe the Ravens, per se? I was thinking Baltimore. Baltimore has been looking for their franchise wide receiver for years. Years, probably since Steve Smith. Yeah. Um. The other thing, and I tell people this all the time about any trades, the player can request wherever he wants to go. I told people this when James Harden was traded. The player can say where he wants to go, but in the end, it's all about what the team can get for the best value. So, yeah, maybe New England's offering a second-round pick and a prospect, but if Tennessee's offering a late first, guess where Julio Jones is going? He's going to Tennessee. Exactly. So there's going to be a team, I think, that – pays a lot not in terms of like maybe like oh my god he's definitely getting like a mid first round pick I don't think that's happening I think it's either going to be a late first or like a second and a a roster player that's what I think the return is going to be for Julio Jones and he wants to win so you know think of the teams that need wide receivers that want to win Tampa's full Kansas City's full uh New Orleans is somewhat full Seattle's full true there's teams right there that are like, yep, we're good. Dallas is full. I mean, Philly needs a top wide receiver, but I don't know where they are in terms of making the playoffs win the NFC East. I don't know. Because, yeah. I think, yeah, I think probably Baltimore like, like uh, definitely strikes me as like a team that they're just lacking in the receiving core. You know, Mark Andrews is obviously uh, Jackson's favorite target, but end of the day, end of the day you know, he's – not a wide receiver. He can't like get open deep, you know, when they need to. And like, that's what Julio could provide a really, you know, great deep threat, consistent one too. The top three receivers on Baltimore right now, Rashad Bateman, 
Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins. And Watkins will, you know, be good for one game, but, you know, outside of that. September Sammy Watkins is one of the best receivers in football history, okay? I don't want to hear any slander about September Sammy Watkins. And then, you know, it's a mix. September, when he, like, game one and game two, he's good for at least 35 to 40 points PPR in fantasy. It's amazing. 100%. 100%. I don't know how he does it. (laughs) But anyway, wanted to mention Darren Rodgers a little bit. Uh, He had an interview with Kenny Mayne on Kenny Mayne's last Sports Center appearance, and he said it was really a culture thing for why he wanted to leave Green Bay, and it's the way things were done. Uh, he, it's nothing against the fans. It's nothing against the franchise itself. It's more against the culture and the way things are done in Green Bay. He is still the favorite to go to the Green Bay Packers next season. Denver, as of last night, was plus 220 to land the reigning NFL MVP. An interesting thing I saw is that Cleveland was plus 1,200, who had the fourth best odds to get him. But I think he's going to be a Denver Bronco next season. Uh, and I think it's going to be a haul for the Packers. Oh, absolutely. If if Rodgers were to be moved, I think I, I think like well, it has to trump what even like the, the highest projections were for a Watson trade before all that scandals. Those scandals had broke out a couple of months ago because this is an MVP of the league. Sure, there is age, you know, that you have to think about. But you add you put Rodgers on any team that's even like say like an hoping for playoff contention. If they're just a quarterback short, that immediately makes them Super Bowl contenders. If that's, if they're only, if that's all they're missing, a quarterback. And if you look at the Broncos, that really strikes me as a team that is with the quarterback away. They have the receivers, the defense, and, the, and a running game to, be, to boot also now. So. And Denver has to get moving because they have Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in that division. Absolutely. You're not going to – I love Drew Locke. I think he's a decent quarterback. I think he's young, and I think he's – kind of hit, or hit he's hit or miss but I don't think there's large enough sample size with the weapons around him because all of his weapons have been unhealthy at one point or another but Aaron Rodgers is not your lock Aaron Rodgers is going to put you over the top and <laughs> apparently Rodgers has been recruiting players from other teams to join him real any any names I haven't seen that nope no I oh know we just it's like sources say Rodgers is recruiting players <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets of the NFL you love to see it like the Aaron Rodgers making calls in the parking lot of Lambeau Field after the NFC Championship. <laughs> hey, hey, I just lost. Um, come to Denver, please. It's it's like the Kevin Durant, my next chapter, but the NFL version. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is Kevin Durant. <laughs> the more I think about it, Aaron Rodgers is Kevin Durant. I can't win with these cats. <laughs> you speak of Kevin Durant, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, 1-0. Uh, they beat Boston 103-94. It was close there for a minute. Ooh, yeah. But, you, like, but here's the thing. At, at halftime, you knew everything was going to go Brooklyn's way. When they were down five points and they only made one three in the game at that point, you were just like, oh, shit. If they if they weathered the storm at this point, they're going to come on. And they did. And now I'm just – I'm just like, you're not happy about it. You know, they like, it's the big three. They're going to do what they do. By the way, fascinating that all three are magically healthy for the oh, club. Right? It is just magical. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good game. It was solid. Uh, the Nets, they came out in the end. By the way, shout out to uh, apparently, shout out to Brooklyn. Apparently, you got a sellout for game one. Uh, 
I guess the 50% off discount worked. Yeah. Um, uh, extra round of applause for your social media team. You really needed help, you know, selling those tickets. You did a great job. I mean, you did, you did good. You did good. <laughs> you sold them. I'll yeah. say that. You did what you could. Um, but yeah, Brooklyn is up one nothing in the series against the Boston Celtics. Uh, for the two of us, it is a tale of two different game ones. And let's start with, yeah. let's start with the positive first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> let's, let's start with the positive before we get into why John is so adamant against Trey Young. Because um, Trey Young is now the top NBA playoff villain, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But my beloved Philadelphia 76ers, they take the victory over the Washington Wizards. I believe it was 115-109. And it was all around just, just a good game, you know. Yeah, well, 125-118. There we go. Because I turned it off. It was one it was like 118-109. I was like, oh, free throws. We got this. Uh, playoff Tobias Harris is here. He heard our complaints from last year. Yes. Like he he definitely showed up. Ben Simmons putting on the clamps on Bradley Beal, whatever when I was watching that game. You'll have to see it. I saw like uh him saying something about like uh when they were talking about the defensive player of the year ballot, he's like, oh, if I'm not number one, I don't, want, I don't want to be on the list. Like, I don't want to be number three. I just want to be number one. And I'm like, hey, you're playing like it. So That's the attitude I want. That is what I want to hear from my yeah. team come playoff time. Ben Simmons, by the way, had 15 assists in game one of the playoffs against the Washington Wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal had 33 points. Uh, Russell Westbrook had 16 points, 14 assists. Uh, Embiid, 30 points. I can't, I can't complain. This was a great game. This was awesome. This is exactly what I needed. And even though the game was close throughout, I never was like, I'm afraid we're losing. No, no never. There's no, no doubt. That no, came into- even even after, the, after the first, I was like, oh, this better not be the whole game. But after halftime, I was like, you know what? We got this. Yeah, we, we got this. Um, John, why do you not like Trey Young? Uh, man, listen, we like listen. We kind of got deserved it a little bit with the heckling, right? He all he did was literally show up to play the damn game, and we just started showing up with the "fuck you" ch- chance like the first three minutes. But in in our defense, it's our first playoff series in over eight years. We're gonna be in defense. It it, it, it could have been. It doesn't matter who locked those doors. You, you, don't get, you don't get that to a player. No, listen, it doesn't matter who walk, was walking through that door. It could have been a 30-year-old Michael Jordan or something like that. <laughs> Reggie it Miller. Or it, could have been, it could have been like someone like, – I'm trying to think of someone like, a, like a, you know, a really sad case in like the NBA, that like a tragic figure. But my point – someone like extremely tragic and like we would still be booing them being a rambunctious yeah. crowd just because that's what new york is they don't care they've always been like that it's just because we haven't been winning in the past eight years we haven't had a reason to but now that we are they were a bit angry and trey young is the perfect heel because he just took all the shit that we were feeding him and he tried to, and he just silenced the fuck out of us in that last with that last play with that floater trey young the uh I, I told you this last night. Trey Young is the Randy Orton of uh, of the NBA. He's, he's the guy you just you you want to really like him, but in the end, you kind of have to bow him. Uh, had a great game uh, on Sunday. 
on the floater to win it. I text I texted you, I believe, and said, I just want you to know this is going in. <laughs> like I want you to be prepared when this goes in. Um overall though, really good game. Like we both said it was gonna be close this entire series. We both have Nixon seven. Um so I would say that, you know, again, it's game one. It's a good move. It's a good it was a good game, but it was one of those where like, ah, uh, you're the Knicks, you're in the garden, you have the first game with fans back. Yeah, I, I think more of the story is we kept we almost we only lost by two when Randall had maybe the worst game of his season that night, and also, you know, we just kept turning the ball over, man. Like, yeah, that was that was unfortunate. We're not a team that turns over the ball that often, and so we got to get that under control. And once once Randall gets going, I think you're gonna see um, you're gonna see a completely different thing. Um, by the way. Uh, James Borrego, the coach of the Charlotte Hornets, he was on the hot seat at certain points throughout the year. Shams just tweeted out that the Hornets will be bringing him back next season. They picked okay. up the team option and he will be back, which is good. Uh, I think it was more injuries as to why Charlotte was not, you know, a top eight team because they were. I was not a fan of how they kind of fell out down the stretch, but I will blame a lot of that on LaMelo Ball. I want to see what he can do with a full and healthy roster next season. Yeah, they were as help. They were as at one point the fourth seed early in the year. I mean, that was when it was all touch and go. But they did get to the fourth seed at one point. Yeah, like that was big. Like they're like, oh man, Charlotte's. You know, they're up there with you know the Nets, the Sixers, and, the, and I was like, wow, this is you know this is good for them. And then they, again, the injuries it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, Let's talk Fox sure. Heat. Fox Heat. Let's do it. Okay, Let's- game one. Game one. Was- yeah. Awesome. Probably the best game one, in my opinion. Definitely up there. Goes to OT, and there was a really bad call on the heat to end regulation before Jimmy Butler made a buzzer beater to send the game to overtime. And it was a great back-and-forth OT. And then Chris Milton to win it for Milwaukee. That was awesome. And you felt that in the arena. Yeah, you you love it. I like that's the best part about these playoffs, man. The fans being back really has been selling it for me, man. I just like you love it. Like this, it's so deafening. Like especially, you know, like not so much in the the Milwaukee game, but like when like when Phoenix and the Garden, especially, you were really hearing it every time a exciting play would happen. I heard it in Phoenix. I heard it in someone in Milwaukee. I definitely heard it in the Garden. It was just a wild scene. In all these places. We'll get to Phoenix Lakers in, in a little bit. But game one, awesome. I was like, this is going to be the best series, I think, the first round. I was – I told you this. I was really hyped for Bucks Heat. And then game two killed all momentum for me. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee came out – Prove honestly, man. 46 points in the first quarter uh, – playoff record for the franchise it's you know they came out I, I can you can tell that they came out with the series not being afraid of Miami at all after last year you know I think the addition of Drew Holiday really makes a big difference for them because last year you saw and also the year before with the Raptors you saw Milwaukee freeze up in the postseason because they were able to do uh, form the wall against Giannis every time he would bring the ball up the court but now Holiday adds another ball handler who just take up 
the ball up the court, you know, up to the half-court offense, and then Giannis can get, a, like, off open on screens and, you know, just open up the whole game for the Bucks, the team. And, yeah, they dominated in the first half yesterday. Struggles for players from Miami. Jimmy Butler only scored 10 points. Duncan Robinson, 10. Tyler Harrow, 4. I mean, not what you're looking for from your top guys. You look at Milwaukee, 13 rebounds, 31 points for Giannis. It's another day in the office. Uh, 15 assists, 11 points for Drew Holiday, and 17 points for Chris Middleton. Um, yeah, Miami was struggling. From what I saw, Miami stars could not get the ball off for whatever reason. Biggest difference uh, this year to – oh, last year to this year, but Coach Bud has finally put Giannis on Butler. I don't know why it took him that long to figure that out. You know, your defensive player of the year caliber player and MVP put him on the other team's best player. But, hey, he's putting the clamps on Jimmy so far, so – the Bucks have looked like one of the top teams in the East all season long, and right now they're looking to be one of the top in the playoffs. Right now, probably one of the favorites. Right now, to make the finals, from what I've seen so far, again, it's only two, one to two games in, so who knows? Um, let's talk Suns Lakers. That was a roller coaster game one. I mean, not I would not so much in terms of the game, but just the, with, with Chris Paul. What happened? I would just say it, it was the Chris Paul roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. Um. By the way, shout out to the commentary for mentioning countless times that Chris Paul and LeBron James are friends. <laughs> uh, They're friends, really. <laughs> really. Wow. Yeah. That, was, that was like, oh man, this is Chris Paul and LeBron James' first time meeting in the playoffs. I'm like, oh well, yeah, it makes sense. Um, there was a little bit of time where I was a little bit worried because there was at one point in the game, the Lakers shot 17 free throws. The Suns shot zero. Yeah, that was ridiculous. When you texted me that, I was like, then I checked the score and I'm like, what? they're up 15 right now. <laughs> they were down 12 <laughs> at that point. The Lakers were down 12. They shot 17 free throws and the Suns shot zero. My goodness. You love to see it. <laughs> That's wild. Just wild. Uh, Suns Lakers, by the way, tonight at 10. Oh, man. It's just, I don't know. You know, we talk about the NBA and they favor certain teams. That free throw count makes it seem like they did. And you see, like, despite that, the, the the free throw disparity, you know, Devin Booker, what a playoff debut for him. 37 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. DeAndre Ayton, 21 points, 16 rebounds, 11 of 10 – or, no, excuse me, 10 of 11 from the field. Great day, you know. And also, they got to – you know, they got to res- give respect to Ayton, you know, putting the clamps on Anthony Davis, holding him to 15 points and uh, – no, 13 points and 5 points, yep. Unbelievable, you know, on for a, a debut for a Suns team that hasn't been, you know, back in the playoffs for over what's ten years was the draft for them? Mm-hmm. Crazy. It was it was some insane number, and like I said, Monty Williams is my my coach of the year, just for what he's been able to do in Phoenix because they were not projected to make the playoffs, and the West is so hard. Not only that, but they finished a game out of the best record in the NBA. I'm liking what's coming out of Phoenix, and if they can do that tonight and take a 2 nothing series lead going into Staples, they should be set. Yeah, man. I mean, Phoenix definitely looked every bit the part 
of a you know contender. They look the same as dominant as you know as great as they have all year, you know, playing against the Lakers. And I feel like you know people are kind of acting like the Lakers just because you know LeBron and AD are out there that they can just run the table when they've been injured for a long time. It takes time to build that chemistry together. And I think people are just kind of expecting them to, you know, be able to get up, you know, uh, uh, hit the gas and go is right off the, you know, get go. And they haven't been able to do that. So. How about the Utah Jazz losing game one to the Memphis Grizzlies? And now Donovan Mitchell is reportedly not happy. Yeah. He's no, he's just def- disgruntled is the word I would put for it. I wouldn't say he's like you know requesting a trade, but he no. definitely rubbed him the wrong way. Like, come on, like it's just like uh, from what I heard, the whole misunderstanding comes in the, the fact that uh, Mitchell's personal team gave him the okay and said that he was fine to play, but the Jazz medical team's like, nah, we think he should sit out. And I mean, I guess now that they've kind of come around. They said he's going to be available for the next game for game two, whenever, uh, so, uh, tomorrow. So interesting, but it's yeah. a little bit of drama in Utah, I guess with that. <laughs> uh, yes. Game two is tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Uh, Mitchell will play indeed, but we saw Mitchell's absence. What happened? Uh, Memphis takes game one, the eight seed ends up beating the one, and by the way, um, shout out to Memphis for beating Golden State. That was John Morant's night. What a game. What a coming out party for the, for the kid. Well, like 21 years old and doing that on like, you know, it's a single elimination game. That hasn't been, there's, that's never been done before in the NBA like, like that. So really big for him. By the way, we're talking about Morant. He had 26 points uh, in the game one win. Dylan Brooks had 31 that's probably going to be your backcourt for Memphis for some time. Um, Clippers Mavericks. Clippers lost game one, and the NBA Twitter world freaked out. Oh, no. Everyone just saw that clip of Luca yelling, too fucking small at Beverly, and they lost it. <laughs> People don't um, see- Wait, is Patrick Beverly getting involved in playoff shenanigans again? Yeah. What? Uh, it's like you were saying on a on Friday's episode, though. You know, the Clippers love, you know, like or you know, people love to hate on the Clippers, and that's why they've been trying to kind of fly under the radar this year. But it doesn't change the fact that you know when you look at them, some of the most hated on players in the league when it comes to playoff P, Paul George, and uh, I think is Reggie Jackson still there, or am I like is he gone? I can't remember. Reggie Jackson is still there. He had, two, don't like he had two points in 21 minutes. Oh, that's, that's you know, really putting his mark out there in the game, I see. <laughs> By the way, Marcus Morris, remember how the Knicks trade, trade away Marcus Morris to the Clippers? Thanks for Emmanuel quickly, Marcus. Four points in 33 minutes. <laughs> uh, you love it. Paul George, you mentioned playoff pay. By the way, shout out to Twitter within one quarter. Pandemic P was already one of the top trends worldwide. That's amazing. Good, good job, Twitter. Good job, social media. Round of applause, everyone. <laughs> he had 23 points in 40 minutes. Kawhi Leonard had 26 and 41. Patrick Beverly had 10 points in 17. Uh, let's check Dallas. Luca, 31. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 21. 
uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, 18, and former Villanova star Jalen Brunson at 15. I saw, I saw this thing yesterday. So I, uh, Porzingis apparently was in a casino in L.A. without his mask. But I guess since the Mavericks as a team are 85% vaccinated, it's, uh, it's, he's allowed to do that as long as, you know, uh, he cleared it with the team first. So it's, it's not like he's going to get suspended or anything. But before everyone knew that, there was like this like a controversy brewing on Twitter where people were like, oh, so is he going to get suspended now, even though LeBron wasn't? And then yeah. some- Let's we should find an excuse to we should find an excuse to suspend Drummond to say that he was out somewhere without a mask just to get rid of the players. Let's talk about LeBron for a little bit. So it was revealed, I believe it was Sunday, right? Where it was like LeBron violated COVID protocols. And we were waiting. We we're like, oh, he might get suspended. And then the NBA does a 180, does not suspend him. Claims that he was fully vaccinated, which he probably is. Um, but still, that's the standard. You know, you, if, you're, if you're fully vaccinated, you should be able to go out and do what you want, in the NBA at least, and not get suspended. If you're not, you still have to do the protocols and risk suspension. I'm kind of surprised LeBron didn't get anything. But again, I think you're going to have to hold all players now to the same standard. Yeah, everyone needs to be held to the same level of accountability. You can't just play favorites because LeBron's the golden boy. You know, look at Levert. You know, he was put in the health and safety protocol for Indiana for what? Just because he's a lesser known player on a small market team? Like, it's kind of a double standard, you think? So I get why people were not too happy about that. Um, but again, I think it's its ratings and everything. By the way, worth noting, the Knicks just put out um, extra tickets for tomorrow's game. Uh, The vaccinated section, section two, is going for $375 a pop. I'll be be there at the guard tomorrow, so definitely everyone's going to be heckling Trey Young hard. Oh, it's it's not going to be a good day to be Trey Young. I heard uh, apparently there's a whole thing where he has omnophobia, like a fear of birds, actually, and which is ironic because you know he plays for the Atlanta Hawks. And but there's actual articles about this. He has like you know the, the omnophobia, the fear of birds, and so people are saying that people should you know dress up in feathers and uh they should start playing bird noises over the loudspeaker, like hawks calling, <laughs> so we get scared. That's that's the that's the literal definition of rent free. Um. Last series I want to talk about, Portland-Denver. Uh, Portland, uh, Denver won game two, Portland won game one, series tie one apiece. Uh, Damian Lillard is good. Yeah. And also, well, that's the two things I've learned from the series. Damian Lillard is very good, and Nikola Jokic is pretty good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's, it's almost like the favorite for the MVP and one of the best point guards of our generation are very good at the game. Lillard dropped 42 last night. CJ McCollum dropped 21. Nikola Jokic dropped 38 points, eight rebounds, five assists in game two. Um, Paul Millsap had 15 points. Michael Bridger had 18. And that was when Denver tied the series up at one apiece. Um, I thought this series was going to be pretty good. And it's proven me right so far. Yeah, it's like it's one of those series where if you're just looking at the box score, it might not seem that close, but really it's just two stars. Those those two stars we mentioned, 
going at each other. And Michael Porter Jr. has been coming on, looking especially, you know, stepping up for Jamal Murray in his absence. Nuggets are a fun team to watch, and especially, like, you know, with Jokic behind them. And also, and Dame always has his uh, moments. You know, he had this hot section, like a sequence in the second quarter where he just went absolutely off. And, uh, yeah, really great series. Hope to see it, you know, go to seven. Your three top teams in the West this year were Utah, Phoenix, and Denver, all of which small market. Yeah, you'll love to see that, too. Every, like, you never really see that anymore because, you know, the free agency. All right, so before we wrap up this episode, and we'll get to Stanley Cup on Friday. I will not be here for the next episode of Too Many Men. I'm going to be away. Um, but the Mets are coming off a sweep at the hands of Colorado, and it seems like somebody new is getting hurt every day. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, like, how many is it on the I.O. now? Oh, it's a lot. I just – I don't even know the exact number anymore. I just know it's a lot. That's what I'm saying. I lost count. <laughs> Lindor's been struggling. McCann's been struggling. They're coming off a three-game sweep at the hands of the Colorado Rockies, the basement-dwelling Colorado Rockies. And right now, despite the team being in first, things are not looking as bright in Queens. I mean, when, when is uh, DeGrom coming back? I saw... Night. Night? Okay, great. So. Night's DeGrom night. So, there you go. Hopefully, that's a win. Get him, get him some run support. By the way, it stinks that Mike Trout is out six to eight weeks. Yeah, for... That in baseball, and you hate to see that, you know? There's that's not, a huge loss. Baseball doesn't really have those marketable stars. And it's not like, you know, he's that like kind of personality, but he is one of the standout players to watch in baseball and it's a loss. Um so for yeah, let me do a quick hockey run. Uh Edmonton got swept. The best player in hockey is eliminated from the playoffs, did not win a single game. Uh the three defending league MVPs have combined for zero wins in the playoffs. The last league MVP to win a game in the playoffs was New Jersey's Taylor Hall and he only won one game in his series loss to Tampa. Uh, so Winnipeg's moving on. Uh, Pittsburgh is down 3-2 to the Islanders. That's mm, your Pittsburgh. You're Sidney Crosby in the Vegany Malkin. You should you should be uh, you should be winning that series. Uh, what else has been going on in the, in the world? The NHL. Toronto's up 2-1 on Montreal. Colorado swept St. Louis. No shocker there. Um and Tampa and Florida is at 3-2 Tampa. Those are the big series. Um, those are the ones I've really been focused Oh, Boston. Boston is moving on. They'll play the winner of Pittsburgh Islanders in the second round. And Carolina Nashville is tied 2-2. That game six of that series will take place later tonight. This is the best time of year for sports. What, what's the uh, series tied at for uh, – you know, we're not tied at. What's the series scored for uh, Islanders-Penguins? 3-2 Islanders. Oh, okay. So who's like who got like uh, who's home next? Islanders or Islanders are home. Oh, okay, interesting. So that's at like fifty percent of capacity at the Coliseum. And I know they want to increase capacity even more. Um so we could see like at least a fifty percent crowd there, I think. And by the way, uh the Buccaneers officially announced today that Antonio Brown is coming back um next season. I don't think there was ever doubt about that yeah I feel like he was was just he was staying on Brady's couch the entire time you know I mean it was only a matter of you know putting it in writing 
the Buccaneers, the first team ever to bring back all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Too Many Men. Uh, we hope to be back later in the week. We're going to do a role reversal. Tony's going to be back. Trish is going to be back. I am going to be the one that's going to be gone. I'm going to be away. Um, I'm going to the Coke 600. Uh, and, but I should be back uh, by next Tuesday's episode. John, have fun tomorrow. Thanks. I will be in. I will definitely be sharing my uh, stories from the garden uh, from tomorrow on uh, Friday's episode as well. I will, I will, I will be a distant listener. <laughs> I was thinking about calling in, but then I realized my, uh, my room at the Four Points by Sheraton really did not have um, that much of a, uh, a barrier for me to call into. <laughs> so be sure to check out all of our prior episodes. They're all up. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and yeah, we'll do a uh, continuation of the NBA and NHL playoffs on on Friday. Should be Friday. So thank you all for, for listening to another episode of Too Many Men, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye.